Eric went filming, so we're doing a Killing the Fat Man season two, six oh, years nice. later. Yeah. So Gary did uh, cross. Gary did was fat. Did CrossFit. Lost all this weight. Really changed his life. Got his marriage back in order. Twenty four years. Inspired his dad. His mm -hmm. mom. I hear his, better when I take him off. Wife. His yeah. Kids. Yeah. It was awesome. The stories you see in the affiliate all the time, right? Yeah. And so six years later, his life's gone to hell in a handbasket, and so he's he's gonna start again. I think it was two steps forward, one step back. So this weekend, he went down to L.A. I don't want to give too much of the story away, but to visit. The original box that he went to? No. Uh oh. <laughs> do, you know, <laughs> do, you, do you know what he did this weekend? Uh, yeah. He's, 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 his, his, his life has really fallen apart. Like, like, you know, like he's married for 24 years, and that shit got rocky and sideways. So this weekend, he went back to uh, L.A. to a wedding of a mutual friend of his and his wife, and his wife brought her new significant friend oh so it yeah. went apart it went apart so you said the 24 years it's rocky it's yeah it like w yes 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 okay yeah. and so he didn't happens. and he didn't i don't think he wanted it or he was ready for it to go apart but anyway it was funny because some people in the office were saying hey why do you need to tell why does it why does why does a story of someone's lifestyle journey and their change and their addiction to sugar and carbohydrates and getting fit and change your lifestyle why do we need to bring in this other stuff in the story and it was weird because like I thought that was like a no-brainer why we need that in the story. Because it's all connected? Yeah, you want to contextualize it. You want the people yeah. who are watching it to to be like, oh, I'm not the only one who was dumped yep. and put on 60 pounds. Right? Yeah, it's relatable. It's like another form of a testimonial. Right. You know, people see that and they're like, oh, man, my life's super fucked up. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at this. I can change. This is uh, Matt went away for two weeks. <clears throat> two weeks? This yeah. is This is his, um, he's back. Thank you for having me, by the way. Show, show number two since he's been back. He's sort of the co-host. Um, Dang. I never told him he was a co-host and so because I never really wanted to commit to that. Yeah. But then he did the first like six or seven shows, and then he was gone, and Tyson was fucking killing it in here. And so I was a little concerned. Um, so uh, Matt Bischel is in the um, schoolboy desk. Bill Grundler, owner of CrossFit Inferno and voice of the CrossFit Games. And Andrea Cecil... Um, when she's not with her husband is here. She has a different last name when he's around. Uh, she is wow. the head writer for CrossFit Inc. and the assistant managing editor of the world famous CrossFit Journal. And Eric Maciel is the engineer of the show as well as documentarian journalist. Fixer of all things. Guy without a beard, which makes me think maybe he got a girlfriend. Yeah, your hair's looking pretty nice. I know. Well. <laughs> this is all, his whole girlfriend? No. Right. It's fine if it is. Why the one inch why the one inch gap? So this guy, Kevin Daigle over here, who does who manages the, our whole YouTube property, he grew a handlebar mustache. Mm -hmm. And then Tyson kind of joined him in solidarity growing the handlebar mustache. And then so like I wanted to do something funky just to join them and they shaved theirs. <laughs> and I don't know why I did this. That doesn't really answer your question. It's just a story I want to tell and complain about those guys pussing out. I um, get it. Would you do this? Do you think this is bad? I had that. You had no, would did you do this? Would you do this? Would you ever shave the center out like that? Well, I used to have the sideburns that would come down to like right here. And it was all it was that Wolverine chop thing and I didn't have the middle. So why are you asking me why did I shave the middle out when you know why? Because I did it for me. Oh. I was wondering why you did it for I you. I copied you. 
I have no you idea. You did copy me. You know what I think I did it? Dude, I'm your I think, fan. I, I'm your idol. I know it. I think cool. I started to shave this. And then went, oh man, that was a mistake. I was no, going to shave. Yeah. I think I started to shave this and I was going to shave the whole thing. And then I did it. I'm like, no, I'm going to keep it. And I think it was literally that. Huh. I mean, I've never really known you had a butt chin until now. It really just accentuates it. So, someone, I saw a comment. Someone said that chin. And I, and I thought they were talking about someone else. And like a few days oh, later, man, someone I, said. I got that big though. Butt I got chin. I got the butt chin big. I think it's called a sexy dimple. Uh, <laughs> duh. I guess it's three out of four. <laughs> yeah, see? Right on. There you go. We only have Bill for a short time today because he is here doing, working with um, the broadcast mm -hmm. group of the media department, um, doing some final touches on... The CBS shows. The CBS shows that yeah. are coming out. Uh, I heard the first one is supposed to be October 16th. And they'll do four weeks of men, one show a week, and then four weeks of women, one show a week. And who is the producer of that show? The That would be Charlie Doobie, I believe. Charlie Doobie? Mm -hmm. Is that really his last name, Doobie? Charlie the man, the myth, the legend, Doobie. Doobie. I know it's D-U-B-E. I've seen it written. But Maybe I it's Doob. Like Doob. <laughs> <laughs> I think Doobie is cooler. Doobay. You own, you own, how long have you owned CrossFit Inferno? We are starting our 10th year. And when you say we, you have a partner? Yeah. You've had a partner all 10 years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How close does that come to falling apart? Uh, actually, between me and him, not, we've been, we've been good partners. Uh, are you easy to get along with? No. Uh, no. But the, is he the relationship that is we he had. Is easy to get along with? Yeah. He is. He's after, Josh Lorenzo is his name, and he's very easy to get along with. And the way we started was he was one of my firefighters. So I think going into... One of your firefighters because you were the captain of... Cal Fire. Cal so Fire. I was a Cal Fire captain uh, down in the San Luis Obispo unit. And, San Luis Obispo, California. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was... I, I had two other partners. It was One was my engineer, Cesar Martinez. And then Josh Lorenzo was... Uh, uh, my firefighter and he was one of the other partners caesar moved out uh wanted to do his family thing and all that couldn't put the time into it and so we bought him out and then it was just me and josh and i think the fact that we had that relationship early me being the captain him being the firefighter it kind of worked that way and he was like hey man this is your baby i just want to help i just want to be along for the ride so we have gotten into it like partners will but it's never been I've never felt like, well, I guess it's just not my thing, and you know it hasn't been that way. It's always been kind of a or, or a never so much deal. backstabbing or fucking no. asshole that it's not coming back. No, I mean he would argue with stuff that, that he does that he didn't agree with, which is great because I think that every if you have a partnership, you have to be able to have that because sometimes it's pull, hard to pull your head out of the sand and actually see what's happening. But if you have another perspective, that's important. Were you um, ever like, hey, dude, I'm fucking. I'm a better crossword than you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, because that was always the case anyway. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. No, that was never the thing. But he was, he's like, look, man, if you really want to do it, fine. I think it's dumb. This is why. And I'm like, okay. So I, I mean, I'm old enough now. This is what happens when you, you know, you hit 30. And, uh, uh, 40. Yeah. That was a while ago. <laughs> um, to where you can actually look at it and be like, okay, maybe he's right on this. Maybe we need to do this or do that or whatever. How old are you? 48. Do you dye your hair? No, I do not. None of it? Mm -mm. Wow. And I know you're jealous as hell because you got all that gray beard going on. 
I think I have a couple gray hairs right over here. That's it. Yeah, I can't believe you have nothing in the front in that oh. tall stack pompadour thing. You've got no. not a single. No. How old are you? Forty. You forgot. Two. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, how old did you say you are? Forty-eight. I'm forty-five. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I, uh, I was born in seventy-two. Three years. Yeah. Okay. Why did you open a gym? Uh, the original idea was. Um, I was really tired of seeing all the firefighters that I was around or that I would see uh, not able to do the job that the community was needing them to do. You so, would actually see that? Oh, yeah. Like, what would that look like? Way overweight, can't move, can't bend over, too sore to bend over, knees don't work. Uh, you mean like you're on scene and a ladder needs to go from here to there and, and you're doing something else and you see some dude who's out, so out of shape he can't do his job, you have to run over there and do it? Kind of. How do you get a job as a firefighter in that shape? Well, I, I think that for most, depending... Well, the the entry-level test for a firefighter is not very difficult. I mean, I, I hear that people, that people fail it, um, but it is a... Uh, a very generalized, very simple test that's been legalized by or officialized by the courts so that if someone goes in and takes a test and, they, and this test is very hard. We used to have a really, really hard test for our little fire department, Pismo Beach Fire Department before in Pismo Beach, California, before we were uh, uh, contracted by Cal Fire. And there was always a lot of talk of this test is discriminatory. You're trying to keep certain people out you're trying to keep women out you're trying to keep a certain age no out whatever legs out yeah <laughs> um and so a lot of departments didn't want to deal with that give us an idea of what that test looked like the, the test that we had yeah did you create it uh i helped it with it yeah okay um so uh the way it started was we had a hill uh, a good 200 meter hill um that you had to wear a back uh you had your, your coat your helmet um a heavy bottle, so we had an old steel bottle that you'd have to wear, and then a, a hose pack that you would carry. Shoulder it up. So you'd run all the way up to the top of the hill. How, many, how many pounds of gear is that? Uh, back is 50 for the hose. 25. Maybe, for, maybe like around 75, 75 pounds total, maybe. Okay. A 200-foot hill or 200-meter hill? 200-meter hill. Okay, so f uh, back and forth across the football field on, up a steep hill yeah. made of dirt. No, it was it was uh, it was a driveway actually to okay, a, 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 okay. a parking lot for a junior high that we had up there. Anyway, you run up the hill, you dump the hose off, and then we had a simulated ladder raise. So in the old days, we had an old ladder truck, and we had a a, um, a about a 75, 80 pound dummy that we had a rope attached to, and you go through a pulley and have to pull it up. Um, as we got more and more into it and we lost the truck because it was old uh, we had actual uh, a ladder that you had to extend up so it was a little bit more similar to that you do that you would go over to uh the track and this was a 200 meter track so it was a junior high track it wasn't a full 400 meters and the straightaway uh you had to run out a hose so you put it over your shoulder run it out all the way till it got extended it was three sticks of hose i believe so 75 feet 
um, get all the way down we just to the end. Something a stick of yeah. hose is twenty five feet. I definitely just threw that in my back pocket. Oh, sorry, sorry. Stick of hose. No, that's hose. good. Yeah, stick, stick of hose. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna need fifteen sticks of hose over here. This is a big one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or fifty feet. There, there'd be fifty foot sticks of hose or whatever. Oh. But like a piece of hose, we would call a stick. Okay, so it's not actually a unit of measurement. It's no, just no, no, a no. Section of hose. It's a section of hose. Okay, yeah. Okay. We didn't learn shit. No, so no, you did. You did. We did. You did. And actually, the different types of hoses. So this one was a a. A four inch stick of hose so it was when it's flattened out it's four inch and it had big brass oh, the magnum hose it was a big one it was a big one yeah <laughs> for all those guys out there it was a big one um so anyway you get it all the way out you'd run it down so now it's extended it's over your shoulder and you have to drag it you get down to the end uh and you stand over the hose and you have to hand over hand pull it all between your legs uh once you're done with that you go over to uh how much more is there not much. Okay, good. Go on. All just consecutive back to consecutive back to back stuff. Yeah, pretty stout. Um, then you go to our engine, and now you have a coupling uh, task that you have to do. You have uh, some different, some small diameter couplings to some larger diameter couplings. You put them all together. You got to put them on this uh, this uh, outlet. Take them all off. One, the purpose behind that was you're tired. Can you still do some dexterity type stuff when you're tired? After you get that done. You go over to the track. Um, you don't have any hose. You you uh, run around to the middle of the first straight, and you do. I think it was like five or ten push-ups. Get up, go to the next one. Five or ten push-ups. Next one, five or ten push-ups, and finish with five or ten push-ups, and you're done. Sounds doable. Yeah, it totally is. And now we the way but we, hard. Oh, it was hard. It was definitely hard. I mean, we there were people that would not pass it. Um, the oldest guy. What's that on, look like? There's a time cap. Yeah. So we. We had you had to do it under twelve minutes. And what happened to that test? Uh, we had to not use it anymore as a pass fail for the hiring, just because. Uh, did someone sue? No, no one did. But there was always the concern of that. So the lawyers got involved and they made it said you can't do it. Uh, I don't remember there ever being lawyers, but I remember. It'll be easier. Let this other group take the test, so we don't have to do it. In a lot of departments, that's what they that's what they do. They don't have to pay for the hours to actually run the test. They let this other organization do it, um, and no one's going to sue you because it's already been legitimized and all that by the court. So that's kind of how it is. So now. you open up a CrossFit gym to help people because you did not like how out of shape the firefighters I, I, were. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. So it, the CrossFit Inferno was an online uh, personal training setup. That's how it started. Um, people would sign up monthly and they would get workouts and video review, all that kind of stuff. Um, wow, you were ahead of your time. So there were no bricks and mortar to begin No, with. not at that time. Okay. Not at that time. Um, probably, so we started that in May and then in October, uh, I, with my girlfriend at the time, um, she talked me into, she's like, you should just open up a gym. And so we kind of talked about it. It was kind of a joke, but I didn't think I had time to do that. And so... And gathered up my, my my two buddies, my engineer, my firefighter, and we just kind of high fived each other and said, "Yeah, let's do this." So, and the third partner dropped out, or he was never a full partner. No, he was. Uh, okay. He was actually a, a a big part of the partnership, uh, but he just got really busy with his career and his family and and that kind of thing. And he he bowed. He's like, "Hey, I I I'm not able to put my time in to make it fair anymore." So. He's like, "I want to I want to sell my share to you guys." What advice do you have to people who are in partnerships? What's the trick? Don't do it. Uh, uh, honestly, I would say, depending on the personality or the relationship you have with your partner, if you don't need to do it, don't do it. Um, just because I think that the second you do that, 
it really slows down uh, all the choices and decisions you have to make. Um, if you do have partners, then you have to really list out what everyone's job and expectations are. Because when you don't have that, and you go, well, I thought you were going to do, well, I thought you were going to do, right. and then that part doesn't get done, and then you just get pissed at each other for no reason. Right. I, I heard another example of that, parallel to that a couple that uh, got married, had a baby, and they had a boy, and then they had a disagreement on whether the kid was going to be circumcised or not. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you, maybe you should plan that shit out before you... Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Before you start humping without a goalie. I, I, yeah, that would be a smart. Right, be smart. Yeah. But I mean, those things are so easily overlooked. Yeah, strict guidelines, especially in a business with two people. Uh, I mean, and the more people, and I've seen I've seen CrossFit gyms that have been opened with eight people. And I mean, they're eight partners. And wow. I think Haynes was in something like that. Yeah, Jonathan Haynes. I think, I think the popular thing to do now is uh, silent partners. Yeah, I, I feel like I've heard. It's that. well, it's popular because they're looking. The silent partner is usually the, your money partner, right? Yeah. And. They just want to have a piece of this wave that's happening. So that's great to have that because you have that money. Uh, but even the people that are going to be throwing money at, they want to know: Are you guys making this work, or are you guys not making this work? Yeah. You know. But I think that the the vast majority is, and we thought we had it listed out. I'm going to do the programming and the, be the head coach, and I'll do the website stuff. You're OCD, so you can take care of all the money stuff, and you're the big talker, and you know everybody downtown, so you're going to be our get everybody in here guy. That was how we started. I don't think that that is possible to start that way anymore. Um, we there was, we had a good amount of years. In the United years. States or anywhere? I, personally, I don't, I don't think anywhere. I don't think anywhere. It's not going uh, to do it. No, and we were able to have a lot of failure, failures and learning on the job because there wasn't anywhere else. There wasn't another oh. CrossFit that someone was going to go to. Now it's like you, you step into a very competitive market. Right. And if you don't have your business shit on point, right. you're going to get blasted. You're going to get run over. Right. So, and it's not even just a, I don't think it's just even strictly business. I think, and this is one of the things that I see that's very difficult for a lot of these new CrossFit gyms is, I, I think the way that they see CrossFit is different than the way that we saw CrossFit. Um we didn't do it because we wanted to make a million dollars. We we did it honestly because I, I and I was tired of seeing the firefighters out of shape. Once I saw that, like, hey, wow, you know what? Everybody does need this, and everyone can use this. That's when we decided to go the gym route. But even then, it was like a side gig. Um, and if you make the jump from hobby to career, now you really need to be all into what it is that you're selling. And me personally, I'm not one of those guys that can say, all right, so in our CrossFit gym, we have Zumba, we have spin, we have yoga, we have Pilates, we have uh, free weights, we have, have Krav Maga. No, yeah. I, because I, if you truly believe in what CrossFit is, right. and the methodologies and, and, and understand it and... And what is it? What like is in a, like you're saying? If you truly understand what CrossFit is, and I'm saying, and what is well, it? Well, okay. I mean, you go, you go back to the uh, constantly varied functional movements done at high intensity with the purpose of increased work capacity across broad times and modal, modal domain. That is CrossFit. Uh, on top of that, lifting large loads, long distances quickly. Um, so, like when I see a lot of those CrossFit light classes, it it, it irks me because that's not CrossFit anymore. But now, it's infinitely with, scalable. Now that now right. that's infinitely that's scalable. Infinitely that's scalable. the caveat that I think that a lot of people miss. I understand that they're selling it that way to get people in because people sure. are afraid to get hurt and all sure. that kind of stuff. But 
it, sell it however you want to sell it. But if you are changing it and saying, well, we do crossbow, we just don't use barbell. Okay, <laughs> are you not using a barbell for what reason? Because you don't want you don't you don't want to scare them, or if they were in a regular class, they wouldn't be using the barbell anyway. Would they be on the PVC pipe, or would they be on a a, a fifteen pound bar, or whatever? Right. CrossFit is CrossFit, and I think that large loads is a relative term, just like fitness is a relative term. My intensity. level of fitness and level of intensity is going to be different than yours or yours or yours. So, I mean, CrossFit is CrossFit. Sell CrossFit. Um, Can you beat him in any workouts? Grendler? Yeah. Uh, Everyone's got the, every, You know what? I'll say this. Everyone's I got I cannot beat you in anything. I will say that everyone has their... I can get beat. I can get beat in a lot of things. I will say this: I, I am probably, I am a good master's crossfitter for sure. Um, but for the most part, people will smoke me in a one rep max in almost anything. My brother crushes me in one rep max. We've got a pretty aggressive programming at the gym. Last I checked, we do. And I, th- I think there was a a Sunday workout that was full of big rig two miles. Well, you know, you know <laughs> what? No, really? well, well, really okay. was there? Was there? But, that but, was a workout pool of big rig again, two miles. Once again, <laughs> once again, the what do they coach? What do they coach and teach in the in the CrossFit stuff? It is you program for the best athlete, yeah, and you scale and modify for the rest of your athletes. So, what's the, what's the weakest person if, if you're pulling a big rig? Like, what's uh, what's the weakest person pull? Whatever, like it could a, be a skateboard a, with a sandbag on it. I mean, if that's the oh, case, I like that's that. the case. You know, I mean, it, it goes to see. Look at look at that butt chin right there. That's beautiful. Oh, I always thought right that there. Was, hey, I'm actually saying. I always thought that was a scar on you. No, man. Yeah. I've been told I should put a diamond in that thing. <laughs> that's gotta be challenging to shave. I mean, you mine's to, like, big. Yours is, is. Yours is deep. I got kissed heavy right there by the angels. You <laughs> you could you get like ingrown shit in there. That thing is so if deep, I wanted right? to. Like no no, but I mean you get like you have to you have to keep that. Oh yeah, you'd clean, have to like you know, I don't open that up. And yeah, get in there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Andre Cecil wrote an article. Is this the title of it too? Poor form. That's the working title. That's the title we're going to publish it, and we right. haven't published it yet. And I'm. It, it's a pretty funny. Uh, it's a pretty funny article. It's basically speaking to coaches around the CrossFit ecosystem. Yeah, and I'll let you take over from here and talking to them about. So uh, talking to them about how drop-ins should act. When they visit, <laughs> and I have to give. I would. I would be remiss if I didn't give credit where credits due. Zach Forrest actually gave me the idea for the story. I'd interviewed him. CrossFit Las Vegas. Yes. Max also, Effort. Max, Max Effort. Oh, Max yes, Effort. Okay, Max and he's Effort. the owner. And uh, on seminar staff, and I had interviewed him last year about a story on coaching strangers. How do you coach strangers? Seminar staffs particularly familiar with that. And he, at the end of the interview, he said, "If you ever want to do a story on drop-ins and how they should act." call me up. And I kind of laughed and I put it on the list and shared it with Mike, my editor and said, Hey, here's a story. If anybody wants it, I wasn't even going to write it. And, um, then I had a personal experience. And you usually write, you usually write on more serious topics than this too, right? This is kind of, um, it's a little variety in there, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I do write a lot about, um, You're usually scaring the shit out Scaring the shit out of out of us about like sugar stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keeping uh, our diet on point with scary stories. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I had a personal experience with this where someone dropped into our gym from another country and um, it was, it was, she didn't want to be coached. She had an attitude about everything. Um, I got to the point where I was like, you know what, like all these other people in here want to be coached and she doesn't. So I'm just not gonna, 
waste a lot of time. And yeah. she was getting really awkward. Like people in the gym talked about it for weeks. Yeah. Like, wow, that girl, remember how rude she was to you? And I was like, oh man. Like, give me an example. Like, what did she do? Um, so I said, all right, everybody, it was Olympic weightlifting class. And I said, everybody go out for a run just to get warmed up and come on back in. And she said, I don't run. And I said, okay, Duh, I'm um, an Olympic are lifter. you, Duh. are you injured oh, or, um, she's like, yeah, I'm injured. I said, okay, well, why don't we do another warm up And when we come back, everybody's going to do some jumping. I don't jump either. It's just kind of like the way everything. I was like, okay, well, this is lifting class. Right. Are, are you aware that this lifting class, you're going to be jumping with weight? Wait. Uh-huh. So what do you want to do? Yeah. And so I gave her, she just kind of stood around. I was like, why don't you get on the rower or the bike and, and warm up? And then during, during the actual workout, you have to be careful with people you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll probably never see her again. I don't know. I might. This is like the second or third time she's visited, visited our gym. And she said, uh, she was doing something. And so I did the typical compliment sandwich, told her what, what was good. And I said, this is... That's the shit sandwich. It, I like to call it his compliment sandwich. But, All right. Um, <laughs> I forget exactly what it was. But I was like, hey, great speed. Just make sure elbows come up this way, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And then I would get like at least two, three minutes solid. That's not an exaggeration of her explaining to me why she could not do this, what her coach told her to do, and how her coach tells her not to do these things. It went on and on. And so I kind of, I tolerated it twice. And then, and then after the third time I said, you know what, Um, just do whatever you want. And I was friendly about it and I just walked off. Oh, damn. Right. It's a waste of time. Everybody else is in there. It's she's making it awkward for people. She was partnered up with some people that are members at our gym. They were like giving me that eye. Like, I don't know what to do. And it just makes shit weird. What do you think she was a CrossFitter? She was a CrossFitter. Sure. Wow. Uh, there's, there's a part in the That's back here. That's becoming regular. What'd you say? That's becoming the norm. It is. Oh yeah. The, pu- the, reason, the pushback the reason- from the walk-ins is becoming the norm. Uh, no, 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 no. The, the way people are coming in, everybody now has a coach everybody now has a program that they have to follow and everybody now expects for whatever reason they come to your gym and it's like um okay so you're gonna let me work out uh in on my own the way i want to do it how i'm going to do it wherever i want to do it because coach so-and-so is my coach right it's like man i don't even know who you are (laughs) i've never seen you at the games i've never seen you at regionals you may be good on the local scene but regardless of that like you really and i i mean i take i write our our workouts i take pride in that shit right i mean it's like i'm gonna probably bet that if you come in you're not gonna be able to do what we have prescribed so this will kick your ass like you can't you'll be happy and you'll get a great workout and you'll get great stimulus and you'll get yeah and and and, i mean like everyone is so locked on to what they have to do that they you know it's like if that's gonna be the case Man, go to go to go somewhere else. Go go find another gym because that's not. You really have said that. What go somewhere else? Yeah. People will say all the time, "Hey, can we come in and do our own stuff?" And we have turned people away a lot. I'm like, we don't, we don't dislike. I, I don't. I don't know how you move. Right. I, I can't trust that. Now, granted, I I will get into discussions with my business self and be like, "Yeah, but they're going to pay a drop-in fee." Right. So why not if they're just going to come in for that one time? Right. And but I've let it go. Are you a killing off of drop-in fees, though? What's that? Are you making a killing off drop-in fees? No, though? not at all. But right. sometimes it's like, I mean, twenty, twenty-five dollars, twenty, twenty-five dollars. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's income. And yeah. I, I have gone back and forth, and sometimes I've let it go, and sometimes I haven't let. Like, we don't. I'm yeah. sorry, we don't do that. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, like the programming that you see 
there's, there's a myriad of things you can do within CrossFit, but I mean, is it all really that different where you go? It's like, you know, you're going to do a workout, it's going to be high intensity functional movement, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it's, you know, you go to that gym to, I mean, I do at least, to experience that culture. Totally. You know, there's a different expression of the methodology yeah. found in each right. gym. And I don't think people get that when they drop in. They're dropping in because, oh, I've got to stay in my program. I've got to do this. Coach wants me to do that. It's, they, I think they lose sight of what I'm sorry, man. There are not that many good athletes out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I mean, I hate to say that, and I, I hate to be blunt about that, but my original idea was when I wanted to open up the gym, it was like, man, I just want to have badasses in here training. It's going to be like just a bunch of just soldiers just going for it. There are not that many people out there like that. So right. you may have some good athletes, but give me a break. You can take a day oh, off but and even do the this good workout. A- yeah, but even the good athletes can get incredible stimulus from oh, programming at your gym. Like, Absolutely. Right. Matt Frazier can come to your gym and take a class, and it's not going to fuck up his training. No, that's, I tell people on yeah. a regular basis that if I have a games-level athlete coming in here, they will they will be tired and end up on the floor like you will. Yeah. And they're doing their weight at this many reps, and you're doing your weight at this many reps. And they may recover and do another one, but... Yeah. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that about not having pipe fitters at your gym because I know a handful of guys there. We do. I mean, we have some good athletes. But yeah, he's saying, he's saying not necessarily enough to run the gym, to keep, to keep the business operational, right? I, I, I will... So we have, we have two locations. We have um, our San Luis location, in, which is our bigger one, and then we have our uh, Napona location, which is down south. Uh, the clientele is different, but the program is exactly the same for both gyms. We don't change the program. So more maybe, scaling at one than the other. Yeah, maybe, maybe no one in the Napomo class at all uh, does it prescribed. Even in the slow gym, I, I'd say for the most part, depending on the workout, 10 to 15% of the, of the people that day will do a prescribed as written by movements, by weight, everything. Um, what do you think about this? In, in the article, Andrea writes about how um, Nadia Shatila, who's yeah level four, everyone in the training community knows who she is, right? She actually vets people. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that true? It's quite a process. Yeah. So if you want to work out at her gym and you're a, a walk-in you basically can't walk in or you have to call in advance mm-hmm. and then they vet you i mean that seems that seems intense yeah yeah and i mean her gym's people... amazing have you been there by the way i haven't been there but okay. i've heard but i've heard a lot of other gyms do the type t- some of the same kind of stuff like they don't allow yeah drop it's like a it's like a set of a movie yeah it's like if there was going to be a yeah. crossfit gym in like westworld you know that it, that it would be yeah. that one, yeah. It's or it yeah. could be it could be a haunted house in October too. It's, it's got like a little yeah. haunted house vibe. Exactly. Yeah, I think she's done a good job of breeding that culture to be respectful. And I think whenever anybody at that gym goes and drops in elsewhere, I think they're very respectful. I would go out on a limb and say that. Yeah, that's she, you mean she true. teaches it both yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Did that? Did you guys talk about that at all? About how like, hey, as a CrossFit. As an owner of a CrossFit affiliate or as a coach at a CrossFit affiliate, you should also share that culture. Hey, when you go visit other gyms, you should behave like X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. I mean, that should probably be part of the... Yeah. And you can see that gyms too. When you walk in and the clientele don't introduce themselves to you, they're not mm-hmm. very nice. It's from top down. Right. Right. Kimo Hockelman and, um, excuse me, Hockelman in um, Hawaii, CrossFit Hawaii talked about, he's on seminar stuff too. He talked about it, that as well. Whether you know having breeding that culture at his box and hoping that others will see that when they visit their gym, their gym, 
And he, his advice was, you know, if you don't know what the culture is, just kind of stay quiet and follow along. You know, don't be the ass in the gym that's kind of like talking over the coach or not paying attention or. You're going to someone's house. You're going to someone's house. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a CrossFit gym. You're not going to Gold's. Right. Right. Don't pee on the toilet seat. Right. Or barf all over the walls. Ew. It's in the story. Oh, there's some great. There's some. (laughs) There's some. Or there's a ton of great little. Up. My God. A ton of great right? little stories. Well, it's Vegas, man. <laughs> and he would be good too, because I mean, talk about a transient population, right. you know, with yeah. Vegas. Jeez, oh man. Oh, yeah. I, I want to say there's a gym in uh, Florida just outside Orlando. Crossfit Mousetrap. Mousetrap. Yeah, yeah, I interviewed them too. Yeah, crazy oh, number of drop-ins. The majority of their income comes from drop-ins. Wow. Already there. Final question, because Sean Woodland. Yeah. Your buddies pounded on the glass, saying it's time for you to to go play with him. When I, if I say to you, what's the greatest story to ever come out of your CrossFit gym? Does something just pop up in your head right away? Um, or, do, or do you have competing stories? Three or four I think pop we up? have competing stories. I, I, there are some that I personally like, um, that mean a lot to me, uh, that may not even ping, you know, through some of the other ones, but we had, uh, we had a, a guy. Who, Are they all transformation? Is it transformation that gets you? No, I, I okay. mean I, I. No, it's not transformation. It's. Um, I think it's more of a a, a confidence um, type deal. Um, two two that have to do with that. Um, one was we had a guy that was an officer, uh, shot in the line of duty, was a par, uh, paraplegic uh, from the legs down. Very cool guy, um, very fit still for even, you know, rolling around his chair and doing his thing that way. We at that point hadn't had any new type of, anyone with any kind of, I mean, we've had injuries and stuff, but nothing like that. So he came to the gym one time with his wife, uh, said he was interested in, in wanting to do it. And I was like, okay. So this is his first visit? First visit. Okay. Yeah. And he's just seeing what it was, liked what it was like seeing everybody working out real hard and he's like you know is it possible and i was like of course and i fall into the everything's infinitely scalable and you know relative functionality and all that kind of stuff and i said let's do this let's let's meet and we'll just go over some movements and try to figure out what we can do and we spent some time seeing okay if we were going to do a clean how would we do this if we were going to do a burpee what would it look like if we were going to do pull-ups how would we set it up if we were going to do all these things so we had so we weren't having to do it during the class we try to get like kind of beat you know beat to the beat to the punch on some of that um he was with us for about uh i'd say like three or four months and his wife uh was pregnant at the time when they first started uh she had her baby and so he's uh paraplegic from the hips down so naturally his core is now at a different location than what ours would be um it's gonna be a lot higher so what i was thinking when we were training him was like okay we need to develop this as much as we can because that's the bottom end that's basically your feet so you can't do anything with the other stuff it's like let's get you stable with your legs wherever they need to hang out and then we'll try to build your your core as much as we can. Well, I come to find out a story. The story that I liked about this whole thing was one, he was super fun to work with. But two, he came to me. And he came to me and he's like, "So my wife almost got mad at me the other day." And I was like, "Whoa, why?" 
Well, because I was playing with our baby and I was sitting there on the floor with him and I'm taking him and I'm throwing him up in the air and catching him. And she comes in and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I didn't even think about it. Like my core was stable enough to where I could sit on the floor with my baby boy and yeah. I could, you know, taught, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like throwing 10 feet in the air in it, but like being able to have that natural father, son play. I mean, I do that with my daughter all the time, even now that that to me is something important. So that was huge to me. He's like, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is functionality, functionality and beauty and right at there. the highest level, at the highest right? level. At the um, highest level. It's, I think Quality it's those, of life. those simple stories are the things that it doesn't matter how often it happens. Those are the like the miracles of what the CrossFit gym is all about. And what why, do. why doesn't he do it anymore? Why only three or four months? Uh, I, I think he ended up doing. I think we had him for about five or six months. I, there was, I'm not sure if they're they were moving or something. And then this is what happens a lot with a lot of people is CrossFit gets ingrained in their routine something knocks them out a, a vacation a trip they have to move they have to do whatever they miss it for a week oh, i'll get back to it i'll get back to it and then you know it, they they just don't get back to it do you call him yeah i talked to him i've actually seen him a couple times and he just got really busy with uh they've had another kid and you know just things that they were doing with their family and stuff like that so so he needs to come back i'd love to get him back um he's just he's like he even said he's like i'd love to come back but I, he's busy you know and it's tar- it's hard to and you have kids. I mean, you know how it is, especially as they start to get a little bit older, the routine and the scheduling of practices and swim lessons and uh, preschool. And I mean, you, you, Do you take it personally that he left. No, I mean, I, I, I get bummed when people leave. Um, I understand that life happens. Um, you know, then it's a matter of, I mean, what I need to do a better job of honestly is, calling these people back and trying to get back on their case to get them back in. Um, Cause they're I mean, doing something great for them. Yeah, no, it's, I agree. It's kind, of, it's kind of an easy call, right? It's not even a sales. No, and it's it, like, it, hey, yeah. dude, get your ass down. No, right? totally. But it's, it's, it, it, with that all of a sudden it becomes my time also that I have to do. And that's, right. that's the business side. And I think that's a lot of, that takes not a lot of time to do, but it takes time to do that, to, to try to hit people back and, you know, not have it not be the automated email. Oh, we've missed you after three weeks is, you know, like that kind of thing. That's it is the, the personal call is definitely the key. It just, that takes time to do that. Shortest show in I'm sorry. our short history. This is the shortest show in our short history. Yeah. Thank you. I do shit Thank for you. time. That's what I do. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you shit for time? Or you Sometimes. do shit for time? <laughs> Dude, thanks for squeezing that in. Was that good? Awesome. Okay. I hope we didn't drain you of your energy that you're going to need no, for the next thing. Not at all. Miss Cecil, you stoked? Yeah. Good? Thank yeah. you for being there. That's awesome.